there has been a destructive force unleashed on this town such as I have never seen. Oh my god, I don't believe this is not happening! We have got a poltergeist! Okay, well, folks, I can do a clearance, but it's not gonna be cheap. Although I do offer a six-month guarantee. That fellow takes us totally for granted. Hey, Stuart, in or out, huh? Frank Bannister had a remarkable ability. Psychic investigator? To communicate with the dead. You, you could see spirits? Emanations are normally confined to the cemetery. You cannot push spirits around! Although they do escape. And an uncanny knack. We're gonna scare the living daylights out of your parents. <gasps> for making a profit off the living. We're supposed to be his business partners. Everyone says that you're a fraud, but I've seen what you can do. Give it up, Frank. Death ain't no way to make a living. But now... <laughs> Some things put the fear of death in the living. What is happening to me? And send the dead God! running for their lives. I've seen a figure in a cape. That was the soul collector. When your number's up, that's it. Frank, we got problems. All these murders that have been going on in Fairwater, they're gonna pin them on you. Universal Pictures and Robert Zemeckis. You're next, pal. And acclaimed director Peter Jackson. We don't stop till the screaming starts. Okay. The Frighteners. Hey y'all! Welcome to Movie Humpers. I'm Bob Sham. I'm Angela. And it's Halloween Hump Fest. We're humping Halloween all month, every weekday. A drop. A drop every fucking weekday. Um, Can you believe it? I can't believe it. It's yeah. happening. We don't get tired of horror movies. On it, you know. When, I could do this all year. When we've lapsed in our movie watching, often Halloween time us gets us back into the groove of it. It really does. It is my favorite time of year. It is my favorite kind of movie. I love to be scared. Our midweek theme for this week is haunt spooks, ghosts. And we're watching a movie that somehow we missed I never in 1996. I anything about this. Uh, a, a Peter Jackson movie. He made this after Heavenly Creatures, but not too far removed from his bad taste trauma days. I didn't see Heavenly Creatures until college. Early 2000s, probably. It's shocking to me that I didn't see this, though, because I grew up in love with Michael J. Fox. This is Michael J. Fox's last major film role. And then after this, he went into Spin City. Yeah. And, of course, he was diagnosed with Parkinson's after Doc Hollywood. Yeah. Which was 91. It was pretty early. So he'd been developing this for years. And, and now we know, like, he, he had a documentary recently about him. And it's hit him pretty good. And you, you can kind of uh, chalk it up to kind of his mannerisms and stuff but now that you know what you know now and looking back you can tell he was trying to incorporate that what he's dealing with into his roles and he did it very well yeah he, he just made this guy very quirky which fits yes but but yeah he you know 
he's all over the place. This movie, physically in this, this movie in this is sense. all over the fucking place. This movie. But yeah, my, uh, Michael J. Fox at this point should be on his like second comeback. You know, he should be doing prestige roles. It really has, has affected his career. Yeah. I think he had a sitcom that came he out did. some years back. He did, yeah. It didn't last very long, but it's, it was probably very challenging to be on sets and do long shoots when you well, got this condition. At least, at least at that point. He told, had told people about it. When he was on Spin City and all that, from what I know, I haven't watched the documentary yet. I really want to see it. I feel he was hiding it for a long time from people because he didn't want people to not cast him. And you can medicate it if you time it out. I was reading on it. If you mm-hmm. time it out to certain ways, you can medicate to suppress it. But eventually, it's just going to be a lot, you know. Yeah. And that's where he's at now. Kind of. One of those iconic 80s and 90s actors, you know? And Absolutely. Like, Back to the Future is like a cultural, influential cornerstone. Yeah. That alone, you know? So, he'll I always... Doc Hollywood at the drive-in. <laughs> yeah, there are not many of those anymore. I but know. Let's talk about the Frighteners. The Frighteners. We don't want to hang out too long, because we do drops every, every weekday this October. Yeah, you're hearing a dog, like... Fight a stuffed monkey in the kitchen, <laughs> if you can hear that. Should we do the timed, but like try I, to tell what the story like, is? Like we always say, the sounds you hear are probably dogs. Oh, yeah. Always. Yeah, why don't you do that? We don't have ghosts. You want okay. You want to do a two-minute? Yeah, give me two can, minutes. You think you can describe this movie in two minutes? Ugh. Okay. I feel like I might need three, but we can try two. We'll do two. Don't, don't give me any time warnings. That throws me off. Okay. I will just go as fast as I can through the movie. All right. Or you can hold a hand up, but you can't say anything. Okay, I won't say anything. I'll okay. just, I won't say anything or do anything until okay. it's over, okay? Okay. Go. Michael J. Fox is a paranormal guy. He, like, he, his job is that he will come into your house and get out your ghosts. But we find out that he actually can see ghosts because his wife died and he was in terrible accident with her in a car and since then he can see actual ghosts so he has ghost friends who he has go into people's houses fuck them up so he can go in and clear them out and make money so that's what he does for a job he also drives crazy and like runs off the road all the time so terrible driver people are dying people are dying by having their hearts crushed and so it's been happening for five years his wife who died was the first one who had her heart crushed we find out that michael j fox in that he can see uh, ghosts, he can also see numbers on people's foreheads, and these numbers are indicative of the number of the murder. So, he is in this guy's house, and he sees a 37 on Johnny Bago, is his name, from another show. He has a 37 on his head, and he's like, oh shit, what does that number mean? And then that guy dies. So, he figures out that this numbers mean that people are going to die. So, also, this FBI guy, who could have been played by Crispin Glover, comes in, and he is absolutely insane, but he's trying to figure out why all these people are dying. Turns out, we find out that it is a ghost that is like the, um, it's this murderer, this serial killer that was in this same town years and years and years ago. He got electrocuted, but he had this girlfriend who was in a mental hospital until also five years ago, got out, and then she I helped farted. him kill people. What? No, keep going. <sighs> <laughs> no, you got 30 seconds, go. Okay, so, um, so, Bobby. I shit my pants. Go, you got like 20 seconds, come on. Okay, um, I hate you. I I was so good. I was doing so good. <laughs> Don't spike so hard. There's this doctor that he um is falls in love with anyway. So it's him and the doctor, and they figure out that they have to 
they, they think they need to save this woman, but actually she's bad. So there's this whole huge thing at the end where the ghost man, she can see him too because of their relationship, whatever. So like the ghost man and the woman. And that's it. No. the go- I get like 10 <laughs> seconds. The ghost okay. man and the woman um, are going on like a murdering rampage. He's trying to get more than every other serial killer. And so this whole thing comes up at the end where they're trying to put his ashes on hollowed ground, which should kill him. And so they go into Your the extra old 10 hospital. is done. I don't care. And <laughs> then um, there's this whole thing at the end where Michael J. Fox tricks him by trying to like drag his girlfriend up to heaven and so he tries to go get her instead and then his girlfriend and him go to hell and um Crispin Glover dies and um Michael J. Fox gets sent back to earth by his dead wife. You started real strong and then you messed you up. You fucked it up and you know it. I could have done it. You couldn't stand that I was gonna do it. You gotta be like laser focused. I asked you not to say anything. <laughs> that is exactly I said don't say anything the fartners by peter jackson so i guess y'all maybe absorbed what she said there's a lot to this movie the the girl that you're talking about who is being kept by her mother who ends up that the ghost that's has the ability to kill other ghosts like he has a Skyth that can kill other ghosts, the friendly ghosts that hang out with Michael J. Fox. Well, ghosts can like get hurt in this, but yeah, he can murder ghosts. But like he can murder the ghosts, but the ghosts go on to the afterlife, so yeah. maybe it's not so bad. The ghosts exist because they don't go towards the light. Right, and he he murders people by crushing their hearts. Yeah, and so there's this like epi- They think it's an epidemic of extremely or seemingly healthy people dying with no cause of death aside from that their heart has been crushed. Because Michael J. Fox can see spirits and see the numbers show up on their head. And also there's a thing where his wife had died and he and she was killed by that guy. The thirteenth after he was murder. a murder. And but there was this thing where it was like they didn't have the exacto knife, the box knife. So that whole thing was that very first murder, that 13 murder, how did they which know the, his wife. How did they know the box knife was there in the first place? Like, they would have had to have been told. Can, can um, just real quick, everything that came out of that FBI guy guy's face didn't make any sense. Dammers. Let's talk about dammers real quick. My body is a roadmap of pain. I've never seen such a distinctly bizarre and specific character. This guy who's an FBI guy. He's almost he's like an X Files guy. If he, yeah, he gets all the paranormal stuff. And and it's like and he's kind of helping the ghost, the apparently, evil ghost, sort of. Well, well, because apparently he's gone like super deep undercover with like a lot of cults and like groups, and so I guess that's what's fucked him up. He has a weird thing about women yelling. He's he can't sc- stand it. He's scarred up and he doesn't have nipples. He's got like a. Yeah, like a pentagram. Never, never and has stuff. a character been so specifically strange with no explanation. And yet, also, seems like you could have easily cut him out of the movie. Completely could have cut him out of the movie. And it's weird because, like you said, he seems to be helping the ghost, but not really. He's he's like trying to stop Michael J. Fox from doing what he's doing, but there's seemingly no reason. He just he thinks Michael J. Fox is the murderer. Yeah. And so he's just trying to like, but he at one point. Michael J. He at one point steals the girl because they flatlined Michael J. Fox to try to go fight the big bad. Trini Alvarado, yeah. He's and like, she wants to like yeah. bring him back in 20 minutes. And so he tries to like steal her so she can't bring him back. And he takes her to a cemetery. He's just so weird. It doesn't make any sense. Dammers is not played by Crispin Glover. No, we we but just... 
he was thought like, he had that vibe. He did. He had a Crispin Glover vibe. The the doctor, the the lady has Her, a very um Andy McDowell vibe. Yeah, but a little more range than Andy McDowell. Mm. <laughs> Andy McDowell, yeah. you know. More likable. <laughs> <laughs> I think Andy's likable. She's just not known as the most Okay, but doesn't she seem like, she's like the kind of person who's like super nice to you, but like she's always had money and she doesn't know what it's like to have I think she's like. um, That's how she comes across in everything. You know the the, the furniture section at the World Market? Mm Mm-hmm. That's like Andy McDowell. (laughs) Okay. I think she's probably a perfectly nice And this lady? She's a Target, man. Yeah, she's the the pride section at a Target. That made no sense. No, it didn't at all. I guess Um, you went. She's a target man, as though that's the coolest thing you can fucking be. Is a target. Well, Target's better. I don't know. Is more accessible than World Market? Because there are like eight thousand more of them. I don't know. Has anything we've said for the past five minutes made any sense at all? I've only uh, maybe only one thing I've said didn't make sense. The big bad is a Busey. The Jake. You the, can tell him that it's in the teeth. It's in the teeth. He's good in this. They play this like it's a mystery because the main <laughs> killer and the girl, uh, the killer gets electrocuted and the girl is sent to live with her mother. Well, and she's it, in a mental institution until five years ago. And then the mother, it makes it seem like the mother is like really bad. And the mother's not great, but in the end it reveals the girl is bad as well. The mother knows the girl did the murders. But, like she knows her daughter is guilty. But there's many things in movie and pop culture that are parallels to the Charles Starkweather, Carol Ann Fugate murders. Yes. Badlands, a Terrence Malick movie. They're natural born killers. And, you know, this one is no different. But when it reveals, like, you know, yeah. in like 20 minutes, like, oh, that, that Grim Reaper thing is... The Jake Busey and, and at one point, you know that he's even, like, in the house and with her because she has his ashes. She tried to say they're her, her dad's ashes, but we were immediately like, that's the dude's ashes. Also, just to explain real quick, so he's crushing people's hearts as this, like, specter ghost of death thing that's huge for some reason. And, and where does he get that sky that kills well, other ghosts? I don't know. In the afterlife. But um, he apparently he said he went to hell, but he came back. That's what he said. But anyway... What I wanted to say is the only time that she actively participates in these murders after getting out of the hospital until when it's at the end when she starts like shooting people and stuff is that very first murder, which is Michael J. Fox's wife. I remembered what it is that um, Dammers says. Basically, Michael J. Fox was an architect. And there's too many stories in this movie. There's too much going on. He was an architect and he had this like favorite box cutter that had his initials on it. And the thing that the reason it came into focus for the investigation was because when they had the car accident, he was thrown from the car and his wife was found dead with a 13 carved into her forehead. We find out later that the woman carved it into her forehead. Yeah, yeah. But again, the only way they would know that box cutter was even in there at all is if Michael J. Fox was like... It was his favorite box cutter. (laughs) They said it was his favorite... Box cutter, Bob. I mean, maybe. Everyone knew they were like, oh, that guy. He I'm loves box cutters. I'm sure cutters. every garage dad has a favorite box cutter. Sure. Now, well, Michael. I Jeff, have a favorite box cutter. When we find out, it's kind of fun and clever when we find out what Michael J. Fox's shtick is. Mm-hmm. Because he comes in and he's like, he's helping this family. The toilet seat lid banged up and down. No. The bed levitate? Yeah. Yeah, with me on it. 
Spontaneous recurrent psychokinesis. Oh boy. Oh, this could be the worst case I've ever seen. Oh yeah, this is bad. Okay, well, folks, I can do a clearance, but it's not gonna be cheap. Although I do offer a six-month guarantee. How much? $249.95. There is a 30% surcharge for making a house call after midnight. Then there's vehicle, gas, so I'd say the whole thing's gonna set you back somewhere in the neighborhood of $450. Which is not Annie McDowell. Her name is Trini Alvarado, by the way. Mm-hmm. And Doctor in this one. And though, so they work together, and she has her husband who's overacting as much as the Dammers character yeah, is. Yeah, this Like, is- he was kind of getting on my fucking nerves, and I was glad when he's gone. But after it shows, after Michael J. Fox resolves the haunting issue, then it has these ghosts, this one dude that, like, died in the 70s, some dude that died in the early 20th century, and then an old West guy <laughs> yeah. who's, like, jawbones kind of off. Like, you can tell. Their makeup looks really good. Peter Jackson's always been good at that shit. So, like, their look, their vibe. And it seems like it can be... It's kind of like a a whimsical creepiness, which was pretty common in the 80s and 90s. Like, think of, like, you know, Tim Burton movies or Joe Dante movies. Joe Dante made Gremlins and The Birds. It had that feel. Absolutely. And it had a Danny Elfman score, too. Yes. So it definitely embodied... Beetlejuice. ...that time. Edward Scissorhands. So you're kind of in it for a little fun, and you kind of like the dynamic between Michael J. Fox and these ghosts. But there's so much going on in the movie that after you initially meet the ghosts, and then, you know, the cowboy ghost ends up getting busted up, once the Grim Reaper thing starts showing up, it kind of really cuts into, like, the development and the repertoire between Michael J. Fox and these ghosts. Yeah, this this movie needed... Some serious editing at the very beginning. Like, it's not like they needed to edit this movie. They needed to edit this story. Yeah, we should have, like, lingered a little more with him and his ghost buddies. But we had to put in dammers. We had to put in stuff. And people love this movie. I mean... I know. I've always heard it that it's great. It's got a pretty high average score out there. We're not going to go that high, no. I'll, I'll be honest. There was some things that were entertaining about it. You know, it's it's great. Fun. I mean, it's just also great to see Michael J. Fox in a starring yes. role again. It's been so long since we've seen that. Yes. But it was just like a, a bit of, like, it had its fun moments, but it was a bit of a clusterfuck. It, uh, yeah. And you kind of ask a lot of questions, and it has a mystery that you can solve in, like, the first 15 minutes of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, is there any other things you can think of that you enjoy? I mean, the effects were very much 1996. I kind of felt like, you know, I think it was a Nightmare on Elm Street where there's one one of the Nightmare on Elm Streets where they go through, go the, through wall. the wall. Yeah. And there's, there's something a lot of you, that. You there. can see the early CGI and it's kind of like moving kind of quick, right? It didn't bother me at all. No, no, it's just of the time, but I felt like it could have been a little scarier if you just made it a little slower or Yes, it was it was almost more like um Casper the Friendly Ghost kind of feel. Yeah. Like it had that more like family-friendly Yeah bit to it's like it. a comedy horror, but yeah. like, it's not trying to aim for jump scares or anything. It's no. trying to be like a like a Tim Burton, Joe Dante kind of vibe. So yes. but uh I mean there there is some funness, but yeah, overcooked is what we like to say when there's too much going on. And that Dammer's character, incredibly incredibly memorable, but like Cut him out. So bizarre. Like I feel like I, I'm almost overthinking this Dammer's character like yeah, at the end of the movie. I don't get like, it. Like, 
I guess I get it. I just it just seemed like in a movie that's already crowded that requires uh because you also have that subplot with the girl and her mom. Like, there's so much being juggled here. Right. And also, just to, just to call out, that girl is a, a scream queen. Yeah. I couldn't place her when we were watching it. I don't know why, but she was the mom in E.T. E.T.'s mommy. She was in... I just looked it up right before this. Whatever. She was in a bunch of movies. Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of horror stuff. Like, yeah. So, she's like a classic, you know, horror movie damsel she, she been around yeah i kind of thought she looked like um linda carter wonder woman when we first mm. saw her but i think she's got that vibe she kind of got that vibe a little bit but yeah and she's usually a blonde which is why i think i didn't recognize her. that's peter jackson's frighteners uh starring our boy michael j fox who mm-hmm. who we always have a soft spot for mjf especially at all at our uh, age range not uh the the heel pro wrestler mjf <laughs> no. Who we also love that yes. guy, but yeah, uh, just two great MJFs. Michael the J. original. Fox. This is the OG MJF. <laughs> yeah, the the, OG, the original MJF. Let's mm. go ahead and rate it. Let's okay. rate the Frighteners. Okay, I am going to say two point seven five. A two point seven five. Hmm. Yes, it needed some serious editing, but. That script could have been like that script. Up hard. I mean, I could go lower, but I really love Michael J. Fox. I really thought. Some of the stuff they did was really fun and good. I think for a lot of the practical, the makeup stuff, there was some... Like, he's got some skills, you know, in terms... I'm going to give it a three. So, we'll go... I like the ectoplasm tears. Yeah, that was cool. So, that's a a 5.75. That is a C plus. Okay. Pretty much. I think that makes sense for this. If I was at someone's house and it was like Halloween time and this was on, I wouldn't be mad about it. I think this is actually, based on what we got going on, this is probably our best C-tier movie so far. Okay. I'd put it above Johnny Dangerously, which is our current number yes, one. Yes, I would put it above Johnny Dangerously. But it makes sense that it would be near Johnny Dangerously. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yes, a early Peter Jackson. Uh, probably one of his most mainstream films at that point, you know? Yeah. So. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, Oh, let, oh, we won't show it because That's we what, yeah we gotta we'll, we'll, <laughs> because we have to record a lot of these ahead of time to catch up. But but it's the number one C tier, so there you go. Check the show notes for places uh, and links and other places to find us. A lot of people love this movie. If you do, tell us what we missed about it and what you think is so great about it. Because yeah. we definitely we went a little above. The dead center average, but a lot of people would go higher than us. Explain why you would. And maybe it's, maybe since we had missed it at that time and didn't stew on it over a lifetime, that might have affected it because, you know, like I would rate, like I love Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Absolutely. Right? But if I was just watching it for the first time, it's, it's hard to say what I, I think, would do with that. You I know? think it holds up. This would, my follow up questions to anyone who says this is an amazing movie would be how old were you when you first saw it and have you seen it in the last 20 years? Yeah. Those would be my two follow-up questions. And But it's fun. It's fun enough. It's fun. And, uh, yeah, so like and subscribe. And Michael J. Fox, we love you forever. Leave a comment. MJF. I'm better than you. And you know it. And. Death to all traitors. Death to all traitors.